Well, uh, after a long hiatus, it's good to be back on Pat's Pints Podcast here at the Clintonville Pat's Pints Studio. It is very good to be back. And welcome back, Pat. I'm Mark Richards. I've got with me today Hans Gorsuch. I'm here. And recently returned from the UK, everyone, Pat Woodward <laughs> of Pat's Pints. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, good to be back in, uh, back in the USA for a little while. Nice to have you back. Yeah, it's a short trip, but people have been asking for this. Uh, a few people. Nice. Four. <laughs> Three are sitting here. Yeah, that's right. Not too many people. But today we're going to talk about British beer since I've been living in Britain and thought I'd come back, shoot the shit over what I've learned over in the UK. Love it. Well, I guess it'll probably go better if we just kind of get right into this. We right? have to get into beer, right? And mm -hmm. I'm looking at what looks like a record cover uh, that maybe I'm familiar with. You've seen that before? I have. We're going to be drinking the Trooper. This is uh, Robinson's Brewing. Premium British beer. In some capacity, they've worked with Bruce Dickinson to do this at Lakeland. I don't actually know how involved Bruce is in creating the recipe and everything. Well, Maybe he's you're... filthy rich. So I suppose <laughs> if he wanted to do anything, he would. He probably could. He probably just went down and spent a couple days at the brewery. And If you read the label, it suggests that he was, he was involved in the recipe development process. Oh. So what are some of the... Um, some of the specifics here. We got 4.7% ABV, which uh, I'm going to tell you is actually a little on the strong side. That's clear, yeah. that beer. Yeah, yeah, it is. I like that. A nice ruby, tawny sort of highlights on that. And we didn't just get this down the road. Pat brought it back in a suitcase. So uh, this right. is probably a lot fresher than Trooper that we've drank here. Yeah, you can buy Trooper here in Columbus, but you know British bitter is not a style that travels all that well. So I thought let's get the freshest we can get. So. Good plan. Right. Cheers. I mean, it's brilliantly clear. What? How would you describe the color? Very yeah. light amber. Yeah, amber. I amber. go for amber. Yeah, on very amber. light amber. Got it. Got a good one finger head on all three pores, even though we split yeah. it three ways. Yeah. A little rocky, off white, not white white, but super clear that beer. What about the nose? Nice biscuit aroma. Yeah. So the one thing. To know about bitters, I mean, we, they're called British bitter, but um, by modern standards, not particularly bitter. And I would and have. Do you think that's modern standards, or do you think that's American standards? Well, that's a good question. The reason I ask is, like, had a Belgian beer recently, and they call it extra hoppy. You know, yeah, this beer, and by American standards, not at all. Let me put it this way. Later on in the show, we're going to have a traditional English IPA, like nice, yeah. the ship to India kind of variety. And uh, that's going to be much more bitter than, than a bitter. Got it. But there's lots of British beers that are not so bitter. So it's middle of the spectrum for British beer, I would say. It's good. The branding draws you right in immediately. <laughs> I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. It is, a good, it is a good branding. Now, Pat, you've seen Maiden before, right? I have. I saw them on the Power Slave Tour nice. in Salt Lake City back in the 80s. Yeah. What That's about good. you, Mark? Uh, I had tickets for the same tour. I had a honeymoon. I didn't realize was scheduled for the same time. <laughs> I, t I took the wrong choice and went on the honeymoon. <laughs> uh, just got a chance recently. A story for another day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ten years ago, maybe in eight, Peninsula, Ohio, the okay. Blossom Music Blossom. Center, and they brought out all the props from that same tour, so I got a redeeming extra okay. chance. Okay. To well, relive the concert that I didn't get to go to. Well, my memory of it, it was an excellent concert. And I imagine eight years ago, it was... That was fantastic. Yeah. I almost... I actually had tickets to see him a second time on that tour at Red Rocks in Denver. Oh. And then, I don't know, some 
some travel plans got messed up. I was going to see him with my uncle, but traveling to your honeymoon. It was not, I was I was not uh, engaged in that manner back in those days. Understood, understood. Just engaged in the metal. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, what do you think, Hans? Uh, despite the branding, I actually really like this beer. <laughs> like, I think it's like balance the maltiness isn't sweet at all it's like dry finish the bitterness you do get is on the way end and like satisfying like like a good yeah, period it, at the end of a sentence like the bitterness kinda, on kinda, this yeah. kind of keeps it clean and yeah. kinda brings the drink to uh to a nice conclusion i like this a lot actually so a couple things about bitters and some of them not so obvious i mean well they come in all varieties really but it's pretty common to have a little bit of crystal malt to give it this mm. kind of flavor. And the other thing is there's a lot of different kinds of barley in Britain, right? So, I mean, mm. this is a simple beer, and I think this is a theme we're going to come back to again and again with European beer. By the time you've chosen the ingredients, you've done a lot of the work. In America, we would know about Maris Otter malts and uh, Golden Promise malts. But then there's there's Optic. I can't remember all of them. They're all a different kind of barley. Uh, so that's an important, definitely an important part of this. Because you're in Durham now, right? That's and, correct. And how close to you are the uh, Robinsons Brewers? Well, Robinsons is, is in Cheshire, and uh, I hear they have a lot of cats there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can't see them. I don't even know where Cheshire is. Yeah. So uh, You may uh, need to look that up. Uh, if it's just a couple towns away, yeah, yeah, we yeah. might have to roll over there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. When you come visit, we might have to go see it. I mean, this is a beer. You can find it pretty available, I feel, in Britain. You know, another thing about the bitters, even the bigger breweries are pretty regional, I would say. So mm -hmm. up in the north, for example, it's pretty unusual to see fullers. Yeah. Right? But you yeah. see a lot of fullers. If you go down in the south, you see fullers everywhere. Up in the north, you might see black sheep or um, some of the Scottish breweries. So, Oh, here's a funny thing. I live only a half hour from Newcastle. You almost never see uh, Newcastle brown ale. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in the grocery store yeah. uh, aisles. But and you can't get away from it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Of course, it's not even brewed there anymore. I think it's, it's owned by Heineken, I think it is yeah. now. So. I like those regional quirks. I like the fact that those can still exist in a world where every beer is shipped everywhere. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So I like the, I like what you're saying. You know, it still has that flavor. There's, there's kind of two perspectives on that. I've been thinking about that a lot. If, let's say, you live in a place and you almost never leave it, well, you'd want to have all kinds of places. You'd want to have mm. a Belgian beer bar and you'd want to have, you know, IPAs and you'd, you'd want to have uh, maybe Czech bar or something like that. But if you travel around a lot, it's a little bit boring if every place has the same, yeah. you know, West Coast IPA. Yep. All right. So then you start to appreciate those sort of uber local regional styles. What do you guys think about the hop? Uh, it, just enough to balance it It's it just out. enough to balance. Yeah. It's not a super important it's part a, of the... Aromatically, I would say... Uh, malt driven, I totally uh, very agree. light I totally malt. Agree with that. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. light toasted. What it should be, it's uh, it's labeled on the bottle as a premium British beer. What what would we want to call this? An ESB, probably. Yeah, I was just checking out the like the BJCP guidelines the other day, and so mm -hmm. this is four point seven percent, which is a range that would put it in what's called the, the very lower end of the strong bitter category. Extra special bitter, extra strong bitter, uh, but yeah. yeah, strong bitter. Yep. Yeah. Right on. So that's that's another thing about the British beer is. That uh, so we're drinking something as four point seven percent, and this is the, on the strong end of the mm, spectrum. Yeah. Pretty different from America. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you look to see uh, possibly Iron Maiden while you're in the UK? I, I would love to see them. Uh, I don't know if they're on tour right now, though. Uh, and to be honest, it's probably as easy to see <laughs> them in the US as it, yeah. <laughs> or in, or in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Or I something. think they actually are getting ready to go on a, a world tour. I did hear just just uh, thirty seconds of Bruce Dickinson on the BBC a couple weeks ago on some kind of panel on Saturday okay, morning. Okay, cool. But, 
It was so short, I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, right on. Right on. What about in your town? Well, we still get this beer to drink. Closest breweries to you? Do you have like yeah, a? Yeah. Do you have a pub? Because I know there you you mentioned to the house, hey, I need to walk the dog, yeah. <laughs> and I know what that means. We walk down to the pub, right? Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of cool pubs in Durham. The one closest to me, which I like quite a bit, is called the Coal Pits. Have you measured that in steps yet? I haven't counted the steps yet. It is a. Uh, it's probably ten minute walk. Not bad. Yeah. So some of the pubs are tied houses. And they only serve one brewery's beer, and you know some are free houses. Okay. That's a Sam Smith's pub, and the kind of cool, one of the cool things about it is the Sam Smith's beers. Their line is pretty low ABV, what you typically get there, and and also pretty affordable. So a twenty ounce pint is two pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's practically that's, the cheapest I've seen. You know, most places it'd be more like three fifty or something like that. Not bad. Not bad. Um, what about uh, breweries? You got breweries in the area there in Durham? Yeah. Well, there's a place called the Durham Brewery, and we're going to try one of their beers later. Uh, oh, fantastic! And, and they've been around for a while, I think. You know, maybe ten, twenty years, uh, and they make a range from some really nice bitters up to uh, a few kind of what you might call craftier kind of things, and then to all the way to they make a really good imperial stout. Oh, cool. Uh, and then there's a, there's a little brewery called Steam Machine Brewing in a town called Newton Aycliffe. They're like like a one-guy kind of craft brewery. So it's kind of recognizable to me coming from the American scene. I got to know those guys a little bit. That guy, actually. Uh, Nick is his name. And we're going to try one of his beers later. As oh, well. cool. Nice. nice. Cheers. So far, so good, I think, <laughs> yeah. our exploration into British metal beers. Right. Yes, British metal, which is yeah a subgenre, not yet not yet recognized by the BJCP. This but is, uh, not the not the new wave of British heavy metal. Not, this is the next wave of British brewing metal. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go transition into another metal beer. But how many metal beers are there out there? Man, there's also let's see. So we've got the Trooper, the Trooper, yeah, from uh, Robinsons, and that's an Iron Maiden beer. We also have uh, another Iron Maiden beer coming up later in the show. Yep. We'll touch on that later. Yep, Howled. <laughs> The Anthrax beer. Uh, I can't remember the name of that oh, brewery. Yeah, I haven't. I've seen pictures of that. I, I haven't tried it. Yeah, I was. I tried it at the Craft Brewers Convention. Actually, uh, you said, emailed yeah, it you to did. you when it came across from uh, Cass Canning's website. You got the Dave Mustaine, bro. A, a tout le monde. A tout le monde. Yes, that's a good beer, actually. Yeah. What's yeah. That, what and style beer is it? Wit beer. It's a Belgian mm-hmm. influenced beer. Kind of low. It's a session beer. Or saison, but it's below five percent, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, we tried it one yeah, night. Yeah. It was quite good, in spite of it being named after one of the most lame Megadeth <laughs> songs recorded. Um, well, it fits the French theme of unibrow, right? Motorhead, Road Crew. Yep, we're going to get into that. Which is a right British now. brewed beer, Correct. but it's an American pale ale. Yes, on the label, and yeah. we're, we're coming up with that next, right? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do. Let's, let's get do into it. that. As we get to the uh, the Motorhead beer, Road Crew, which is yep. an American pale ale, that begs the question, what's the difference between an American pale ale and a British pale ale? When I think of an American pale ale, obviously I think a lot more hops than I think yeah. of a traditional British pale ale. Something I think malt and hops is the answer, right? And, yeah. Have, and, and the amount and, yeah. and relation between those two things. Uh, and also their character. The British hops just have different character. One uh, might than, be more spicy and the yeah, American yeah. might be more citrusy. More fruity. Yeah, fruity. I think typically. Yeah. I mean, a lot. there's a lot of range. But you don't yeah. think of fruity so much when you think about the classic uh, English hops. I agree. Uh, East Kent Goldings or Fuggles or Northern Brewer. Those are kind of floral 
earthy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people even say orangey marmalade. I don't know, which is a very British thing. I don't Interesting. know. So anyway, this one, I don't know. I can't. I don't know what hops are in this one. The yep. bottle looks amazing. I don't even want to open this. <laughs> Let, let's have a look. Let me see that label. I don't even want to look. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can, now, can we talk about the uh, umlaut over the second O? <laughs> and... <laughs> Is it really Mutur Head? <laughs> is how we're saying the name of this? Um, it, 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 you know, Mutur Head. Mutur <laughs> Head. Yes. Mutur Head. Okay. And then, then the, in the realm of wandering umlauts, we need one over the O in Road Crew 2 also yes. to make it seem more German <laughs> in, a, in an utterly random spot. So it's, it's, it's Rude Crew. So it's Mutur Head Rude Crew if, if we're paying attention to the, uh, the umlauts here. That, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> On this American pale ale. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Wait till we get to the Czech beers. And then, and then oh, you've yeah. got accent symbols all over the place. Well said. Well said. So I get a finger and a half ahead on this pour, mm-hmm. and and a slightly rocky head too. Yeah, not those tiny little homogenous. It's uh, it's also a bit more golden. I would say uh, less I agree. reddish hue. Yep. Yeah, I would call this. Gold. Oh, and this is more aromatic than the last straw. Year too. What's different about an American pale ale than a, than a British a bitter is more more aromatic. Yeah, hops. yeah. kind of uh, still balanced though in the nose. Aromatic the malts and the hops, I think. Huh. That seems like a British interpretation of American style. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's not, yeah. I had to think about a... <laughs> what I was tasting there for a second. That's a good point, yeah. Just like we do American interpretations of British styles, to me is, yeah. It's, I um, think there's some things maybe lost in translation there. Certainly on the taste, not as hoppy as an American pale yep. I would say. There's significant hot bitterness. Like they're not, mm-hmm. that's not missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's definitely, not, that's not get, missing at all. Like um, citrus. It smells good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's some a good any aromas in there? The, IB, sure. the IBUs are right. It's pretty. It's pretty crisp. It seems a little lighter bodied than the Trooper, even mm-hmm. though the ABV is higher here. An interesting thing that I've kind of learned more from reading than talking to brewers: it's pretty common in British bitters and those kind of beers to use sugar. I didn't know that. Which is kind of surprising, considering that they're low ABV beers. So Road Crew was a Motorhead song. That's correct. Right. And do you know the inspiration for that song? I do actually. All right. Well, let's let's hear. Is it. this a quiz? It's like a quiz, yeah. So <laughs> I believe it was written when uh, he was the road crew for Jimi Hendrix. That's right. He used to be and, a road crew uh, for Jimi Hendrix. That was what I understood yeah, that, was the that, inspiration that, of the song. I heard it took him about ten minutes to write. <laughs> wrote and, it in the uh, bathroom, I guess, in the yeah. toilet. Well, not in the to- on the toilet. Here we are, <laughs> uh, playing words with friends and browsing through Facebook. Who knew? Who knew the musical capabilities in that room? It's a little known fact that Mark really knows more about music than beer, even. So <laughs> I should trying to quit trying to quiz him on that. Was, yeah, <laughs> it not, wasn't it, a gotcha it, moment. It, it was not. No, no. What? <laughs> you let him showcase yeah, clearly, one, of, one of his strengths. Though. Clearly. There you go. You got to play to your strengths, <laughs> yeah, especially right. when you're me. Do you have a favorite between these two? Oh. For me, definitely the Trooper. I would go with Trooper on this. Yeah. I really do like this, though. I I kind of think it's utilizing some hops that are kind of newer, too. Like, mm. I mean, I think, I don't know, some of that citrusy, melony aroma. I mean, it's not quite as in your face as probably it would be if it was from an American brewery. Right. But I find it really good. It's really crisp. It's easy drinking. It's a little on the lighter side uh, for what we are accustomed to drinking probably in a pale ale. But four and a half, it's no slouch, right? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a fine beer. One, uh, one hop that I see in a lot of beers in 
Britain and in Europe in general is, I mean, Cascade. I mean, I suppose that's not a big surprise. So they don't immediately jump to Yukonot or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so you see Cascade and, and, and then you start to see a little, little bit of Citra and Simcoe and things like that. Well, it's truly sad that uh, Lemmy has left us as well, at least in a terrestrial form. We yeah. still got his music living his music, on. Though. Yeah. And uh, sure put out a lot. He was it's prolific, good. yeah. Yeah, great guy. And definitely just the face of rock and roll music for sure. <laughs> you could not take it away from him. Uh, at least the mole of rock and roll music, yes. <laughs> he definitely is the mole of rock and roll music. Should we pull out Hallowed now? We're on a roll? Or I we think can... we're on a roll. Right. Let's pull out Hallowed. This is another Robinson's Iron Maiden-inspired beer called Hallowed. It says, inspired by Belgium, made in England. Nice. And uh, I tried to find this in, when I was in England. I could not, but... I happened to go to Wylands today to pick up some beer, and they had one of these on the shelf. So it's kind of that ironic thing. It's made in England, but I couldn't find yeah. it there, and I found it here in, in Clintonville. There's lots of beers like that that we're used to finding in the U.S., and uh, you know are not that easy to track. You down. had another recent experience trying yeah, that. Yeah, I was trying to find some Saison DuPont for Thanksgiving. Well, not only do they not have Thanksgiving... But I couldn't find Saison Dupont anywhere, you know. So, and that kind of blew my mind. I mean, it's, a lot of people think this is when you say, "What's what's your favorite beer in the whole world?" I mean, that beer comes up a lot. Yeah, and it just does made for me. just yeah. made across, you know, the English Channel there. Perfect Saison. Couldn't find it. So anyway, just on this beer, it is six percent ABV. Bruce Dickinson has a quote. He thinks it's one of his finest brews yet. He says, I have always loved Belgian beer, but I wanted to make sure we put a British twist on our brew. I think we have created something unique. He says, the Belgian-style yeast combines with noble hops to deliver a complex palette of subtle banana with plum finish. Nice. And noble oh. hops. I so guess for me, that description makes this very interesting. You don't get plums and of bananas. Stuff, that's the kind of stuff that piques my interest yeah, for sure. This is right up your alley, isn't it? Yeast-driven flavors, I think, is a yeah. cool aspect of brewing that occupies my thoughts sometimes, for sure. Wow, big head on that. Yeah, effervescent. Now, what I don't know is what gives it a British twist. I don't know. I guess we'll find out, maybe. Yeah, also to note, this label is extra interesting. This is actually Got a embossed. Lot of texture. Yeah, yeah, there is uh, kind of some So there's a stained glass embossing. window behind a kind of um, grotesque figure. No, that's uh, not a grotesque figure. That is Eddie. I think both of those things can be true. Oh, true. And, <laughs> and But the stained glass window, uh, what would be the lead between the glass, is actually embossed. So if you run your finger over yeah. it, and so, so is the uh, outline of the word hollow. That is an unusual label. Hans approved it's a, it's fancy label. pants label. Uh, I like just it. noting it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's different. It is cool. things you see Makes otherwise. the stained glass stand out. Yeah. Now we're back to, uh, now this one. Still super clear. We're, very clear. We're doing and, some clear beers also, here. Uh, pretty good head on this one. It, we're back to a, kind of a ruby it, amber it's a ru- here. It's kind of a light ruby That's a good maybe. description. Yeah. Ruby copper-esque. Kind of I will yep. say I get yep. a little ripe banana yep. on the nose for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like overripe banana. Whoa. So a little effervescent on the very first taste, like you get like some prickliness on the front of your tongue, like that you didn't on these mm-hmm. others. Well, it's definitely got a lot of that yeast-driven fruity note. What I find is a bit missing, though, is there's not a lot of spicy phenolic kind of flavors in there. It's, as many, it depends on the beer, but you know what I'm saying. And a little thin in the body, at least compared to the beers we've had previously, and no substantial hop bitterness on the finish, no. which is also no. different than the beers we had. That is true. 
they say they use noble hops here, which I, I don't doubt at all, but the hops aren't playing very much of a role. Yeah. Yeah. It's notably uh, a lot of yeast in the nose and maybe some currenty type, mm. type uh, notes from, from I mean, the uh, malt. Yeah. It's got, it's definitely a malt yeast kind of. There is that banana. There is. A, in the nose for sure. Yeah. D- more in the nose than the taste. And there is a little bit of that. Some hints of dark fruit of some kind mm-hmm. or another. Some spiciness. It's a little phenolic, but not really strong. More probably to the fruit side. That's what I mean. I, I mean, you can get both of those things in Belgian yeast, and, and they can go one way or the other. But here, it's definitely on the fruity side. Now, I've been, uh, this is diverging off into homebrew land a little bit, but I've been reading a little bit about, you know, try, trying to get those uh, spicy phenolic notes in there. And I, I wasn't really aware of this, but... Um, mashing in doing a ferulic acid rest do you guys know about this i don't tell me so, this so i'm interested you, so you you mash in when you you hold it maybe 10 minutes at 115 yeah. and this is supposed to get the right things out of the out of the malts that the yeast can make into these spicy phenolic kind of flavors oh so the step is oh, i see so before you go into your uh you know your 145 or whatever your amylase conversion or even even lower than a protein rest you would do this ferulic acid rest well the more i drink this the more i i like it it kind of warms up on me a little bit it's curious though i'll just say i can't think of another beer i've had that tastes like this this is a curious i I think if i had too much though maybe it needs a little more bitterness or something or be drier be drier one of those one of those two things it just doesn't just you the need the fi- bitter finish or you need the dry finish, but somewhere in between the, you lose the finish, something. The finish uh, leaves a little to be desired. I'd yeah, say. yeah we're, we're definitely drinking them in the right order. Yeah. Uh, those first two were just crushers. I am going to say that of these three songs, I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> Hallowed, Hallowed Be Thy Name would be my favorite of the three songs we have on offer here. That's uh, a tough call with me against they're Trooper. All good. Well, oh, Trooper's see, a great song, but I, I like Hallowed a lot. It, we could judge, a great We song. could judge these three on the quality of the beer. <laughs> On the song which they represent and on the labels. On the, like, on, and we'd yeah. have completely different, I think. Yeah. Can we agree on the best branding? Maybe I think I the actually, Hallowed is really cool. But. I think the Hallowed is the most unique, but actually the Rude Crew uh, <laughs> label, um, just graphically, better than the other two. I would it's, agree. That Rude Crew is handsome. It's, you know, so people can't see it, but it's a, you know, it's a black label. And then you've got... It's just three colors, which that represents. I like and that And then most. there's the gold yeah. in there. That does work really nice. quite elegant. Yeah. yeah, I will not be throwing this bottle away, Pat. Thanks See? for bringing See? that back. Yeah. A souvenir from the UK. You, get, you, you should make the wall of metal uh, beer bottles. There we go, yeah. right? Those are all good. So, Pat, what are we going to drink now? We're going to go to the Durham Brewery. We're going to drink a beer that's called Bombay 106, and this is an original India Pale Ale. So you think about IPAs, and of course, which are the style of America now, but they were inspired by British IPAs. Interestingly, though, a lot of beers in Britain that are called IPA, like Green King IPA, is just a bitter. By drinking it, you don't learn anything about what an IPA used to be. You know, there's all kinds of stories about the legend of how it came up. And so I, I thought I'd, I'd get this one because it's it's made in the uh, traditional style. It's named after the 106 Brigade of the East India Trading Company. Very pale, Maris Otter malt and traditional English Goldings hops replicate the original pale bitter. 
I would say what makes an English IPA different from other English beers is it should be very well attenuated, stronger than the average British beer, and then and then more heavily hopped. And all of those things were for the long journey to India. Yeah, and I think at seven percent, that's on the top end of the scale for an yeah, English. That's a strong. IPA, that's a, yeah. well, we were just talking about four point seven being a strong bitter. So right, this, this, right. This is a big time for them. Got him. That's a handsome label too on that bottle. They've got. Good. I like the graphics a lot. Not so much with the heavy metal. <laughs> so I guess I should say that Durham. One of the things that Durham is famous for is that there's a, a big cathedral up there. Uh, it's, the, it's the third or fourth largest cathedral in Britain, and it's extremely impressive. Oh, that's a good beer. There might be even just a little bit of chill haze on this one. It's not as clear as, quite as clear as the other. Yeah, other's. slight. Yeah. Even, even though it's lighter in color, it's not as clear as... But yeah, in contrast to uh, we've been drinking the these... clear sounds of heavy metal that we were experiencing <laughs> earlier. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's got a little haze to it. It's a good beer for getting the character of the Golding's hop. Yeah. Which is uh, probably, the, probably the most important British hop, I think. Just uh, immediately, I'm getting a lot more just in flavor than I am in aroma. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree because, and in fact, I go a step further to say that Americans have taken, you know, dry hopping and aroma hops to levels that no other country in the world previously sure, did. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, when I went to Europe, oh, it's not, there's not so much aroma. I mean, so we just really hear the aroma is such an important part of yeah. American craft beer these days. Yeah, it is. I love it though. Well, you know, there's I'm nothing not, better than smelling hops, right? I'm not going to complain. It is an expensive way to make beer, though, isn't it? It is, and and so much of it is just so late of hop additions yeah. too, to where you know this is a little bit more bitter. Like you know, you hit some of that astringency at the back of the tongue that uh, yeah. a lot of American breweries now are trying to to stay away from and have it mostly be late hop, where you're getting more just the aroma. A- absolutely, I mean that's the thing in America these days is tone the bitterness down as far as possible. Hans Mark, what do you think about this beer compared to let's say the Robinson's bitter we had? I love this beer. It's dry, and it that's dry. part of what makes me love it. Just because I tend to like super dry beers more. Um, so it's really dry and it's got sufficient hop bitterness that finishes it. And just because we have these American expectations of what it should be when you stick your nose in a glass mm. for an IPA, you get none of that <laughs> on this. You, in fact, you get kind of a, I don't want to say dank because we think of something else we think dank, but there's, it's hard to I'm describe gonna, it. I'm going to use these adjectives and it's going to make it sound worse than it is. There's like a wet moldiness. I don't mean the taste at all, but just in the smell, like there's a weird funk and not a hot funk in the nose. We have this expectation when we think of an IPA of getting that uh, really hot bouquet of whatever the hops are using, right? And it's not here at all on this. And despite that, when you drink it, it's like clean and it's dry and it's got this really satisfying hot bitterness. Yeah. That's my take on this. It, I like this beer. One more thing I just noticed as I top mine off, it is bottle conditioned as well. Yeah. So, uh... so speaking of bottle conditioned, that puts us in the real ale category. Yes. Yeah. And you having moved for the year and spending some time uh, in England, I imagine that you've got some real experience now that <laughs> I have never had with uh, cast conditioned ales. Have you joined Camera yet? I haven't sent in my membership yet. I do have a brochure. Maybe, you should. I, right? I, 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 brochure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I might. I think I, I, I've been planning to. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, cool. Uh, just maybe to define that for some people, what what is real ale and what is fake ale? Camera's definition of real ale would be that it has to be naturally carbonated. You can't force carbonate it. The CO two in there has to come from the fermentation. So everything that the Durham Brewery makes would be camera approved, and so that means all the bottles are bottle conditioned, and then you've got the casks. 
And so the casks, as many people probably know, then you, you need to do the fermentation in the cask. And one of the tricky things about that real ale management is that a cask has a pretty short lifespan. The British brewers that I've talked to would say, well, cask might be able to stay on. After you tap it, it has to be four days tops. And I think, you know, the people who do casks here in, in Columbus probably even is more like two days. Now, having said that, I think they're so good at the cask there that they have, have some tricks to, to make it happen. But uh, It's still actively fermenting in that cask. Yes. So the clock is ticking. Uh, when I was at, for example, Theakston's Brewery, they say once we make the cask, it has a 28-day life. And, and once it's tapped, it has four days. So that, that's an interesting thing, too. So most places have two, three, up to maybe six or seven. You know? so that, that would be uh, typical. I think it makes it potentially more valuable and that much more special when you've got this window and this thing that might come to perfect fruition, right, under the m most best circumstances, right? And if you hit mm -hmm. it right at the right yeah. time, you have a really special thing that you're consuming. And when you don't, yeah. spectacularly disappointing and a waste of everybody's time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so how to do that as a business and how to have a network where you're distributing that and people are drinking this real ale in its, in its best iteration, I think is a whole set of problems that we don't deal with in this country in any way, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that goes back a little bit to I was talking about the regionality of things. So, you know, Fuller's is making casks. Okay, so to send it out to Oxford or, or someplace in the south, that's okay. But mm -hmm. to ship it all the way up to Newcastle or Edinburgh, you've got quite a few days gone by by the time it gets there. So, so they just simply don't do that. Yeah. So this uh, Durham Brewery right there near you is camera approved. Just even in this packaging, they recognize uh, Real Ale also as bottle conditioned beer. Def they, definitely. They, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to, I'm going to do a tour. I've been traveling so much, but I, I want to get to know this brewery a little bit better. They make good stuff. Because this is premium bottle conditioned, as it says on the label, I was expecting to find yeast in the bottom of the bottle. And, and indeed, there it, there it is. We're looking at it in the glass. So for people who aren't home brewers, it's not a thing they yeah. expect to see and a thing they might be grossed out at. Like basically, oh, I just poured this beer and now this, this cloudy you know, sediment has come out of the bottom. Clearly something has gone wrong, right? Yeah. When in fact, that's the that's, stamp of approval that this is a real thing. This is a, a living, live fresh thing that you happen to be Yeah, your consuming. general Bud Light drinker would not right? be pleased when they get to the bottom of the yeah. bottle. Well, now that you mention it, though, that's then another characteristic of a British beer would be yeast that give off some fruity esters. So, and we've kind of embraced that now with things like, you know, IPAs. But in the old days, we were, you know, everyone was using uh, Chico ale yeast. Mm. And, and the idea was, we don't, we want the yeast to be, you know, way in the background. Yeah. But that's always been yeast a kind of fruity yeast character is a, has always been a feature of British beer, and I, I think it still is. Right on. What else do you have for us, Pat? This is another uh, that you brought back from Durham. Yeah, this is a local. It's it's actually in a place called Newton Acliffe. They've got a lot of uh, good town names in Britain, I have to say. Okay. Not too far from me is a town called Pity Me. And then there's, <laughs> there's another one called Hetton La Hole, wow. Chester La Street. They've got all these names. But this is in Newton Acliffe. This is a tiny brewery, like one person. His name is Nick. He used to be a science teacher. He was a science teacher in the Channel Islands, so in kind of a strange place. But yeah, he we came can say one-person brewery. So there's him and his wife. Okay, and I see it in a can. It, so they do canning. I think they do mobile canning. Okay. Uh, and they do, sometimes they'll come into Durham and they have, they're trying to get a place in Durham. They have like a, what they call a pop-up brewery. 
Okay. I love that idea. And so, you know, on special occasions, they'll be open. I'll go to, they've got a little place that overlooks the River Weir. But they make some really interesting things. They make a really nice a red IPA, but with tea. They make, uh, you know, the did, kind did you have that specific I, one? I have had that one many times. And How was that? And was the tea flavor or bittering or aroma, do you think? Definitely late edition. I think maybe even in the dry. Got the it. Dry hop, if I... I'm gonna actually just curious because yeah. I have designs on, yeah, on yeah, putting yeah. tea in a beer. I'll, I'll have to watch out for what that. What kind of tea? Uh, I think it's Earl Grey tea. Okay. Yeah. It is England. Let's get the bergamot. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've got some plans. We've kind of tentatively agreed I'm going to go one day hang out with him and brew. What also, I'm hearing so is right. it's going to become a two-man brew is, is, <laughs> yeah, is what well, I'm hearing. Uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see about Two that. scientists turn brewers. That Yeah, two chemists. Uh, right? Yeah. This is sort of, this is probably their best known beer, though. And this is called Treacle Toffee Stout. Comes in a can. Awesome. So while Treacle seems really British to me, I'll say, look at the can. There's some things that seem very American to me. Whoa. She's alive. The, the first is, it's in a can, not a bottle. Every other beer we've had uh, has been bottled. This one's canned. But secondly, the can is wrapped. It's got plastic yeah. wrap yeah, for the label, which is really American. And third... The gra- the graphics are like steampunk looking. Yeah. Um, well, it's called Steam Machine Brewing. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I haven't put that together yet. They do also make a steam beer. Really? Yeah. Nice. Also, uh, Mark, uh, in your in your home brewer days, you made an excellent steam beer. I'll just say. Oh, it. thank you very much. It was spot much. on, and the label was excellent. Hops from the backyard. I remember that yeah. steam beer. Like that, that stuck in my mind. So I, I like these guys a lot. The first time I went there, I've got it on my GPS, and I get there, and I get pretty close, and I'm like, I can't even, you know, I cannot find this place. It's so small, I can't find it. There was a number, and I called up, and I said, hey, I'm trying to find your place, but I can't find it. He's like, oh, you're only 100 feet away, but you've got to go out back out on the road, and you've got to go around this gate, and it's some kind of industrial complex, and you come around the back. But he's super accommodating, and, and not too long after that, they had a homebrew competition. They were trying to brew beers that are encapsulate the spirit of the North, and so they asked me to come Whoa, and, and be a that, judge that's on that's quite, <laughs> quite a the, criteria. The first, the first one was interesting because it was... Uh, they were trying to get the industrial smogginess, so it was like made with smoked malts, and it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah. So, so when you poured this, this had a luscious, thick, dark yeah. coffee-looking head to it. I haven't mm-hmm. stuck my nose in the glass yet, but it was very attractive in the, in the glass. Yeah, it's nice. It looks it. like espresso foam, the deepest of brown rubies. I mean, it's very yeah. Aside, away from the away from the light, and we've got a pretty powerful light here in the studio. It is a uh, very deep brown, yep. ruby color, but it's just black if you don't have it in yeah, front of that yeah. light. Like treacle, super rich on the nose. So Hans, what is treacle? Treacle is molasses. Treacle is uh, just a British, the British for term for for molasses. From my limited perspective. Treacle is a thing British use more than we do as just an ingredient in stuff. Like um, people might make a dessert and have treacle in it in a way that the only thing we ever put molasses in is maybe like gingerbread yeah. and yeah, pumpkin yeah. pie sometimes, you know. But so they, they, I think they use it more as a food product than we do. It's very rich. It's very yeah. rich, but it's not cloyingly sweet or anything. Oh, you it's, tasted it's, Oh, good. Yeah. It's quite drinkable at 10% alcohol by volume. It's pretty light. It's super uh, pretty yeah. easy. I mean, yeah. super it's, enjoyable sticking your nose in this glass. It could glass. be a sneaky like, one. Like, it's, yeah. it smells 
Excellent. Well, this is a vast departure from the trooper. Yeah, well, I, I wanted people not to get the idea that Britain is just all bitters and traditional stuff. It's got some alcohol in the nose, too, let's just say. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, definitely, al- there's, not in a bad way, but, like, you know, like, it, it's got some alcohol in the nose. The statistics are in Britain now, there's something like 1,900 breweries. And so Britain is about one-fifth the population of the U.S. Uh, so where does that put them compared? Well, I think per capita, the most in the world. That actually surprises me. A little bit, yeah. And a lot of these, these newer breweries, these small breweries, from my perspective, are heavily influenced by American craft brewing. So there's a place called Cloudwater, which is in Manchester. They make a whole line of hazy New England-style IPAs, and they're they're delicious. They're really good. They're expensive, but they're they're really good. What is the gentleman's name that's brewing this beer? Nick. Nick. Nick Smith. All right. Um, Tell Nick when you see him that he makes a very luscious beer here. That's right. Like, that's Hello, what this Nick is. Smith. That's my, is. that's that's if I had an adjective for this beer, this is a luscious beer. Spot Great mouthfeel. And not too sweet for yeah, being yeah. what it is. You yeah. would think a beer like this would be more sweet, and it's not. And this is great. This, this uh, isn't the, yeah. the treacle, the molasses. I mean, it really he got the balance. Dry it out. He got the balance. It gives yeah, that. Probably, yeah. I think it has molasses, some mineral quality to it also. And I think that helps slow things down a little bit on the taste of this, like that, that mineral. And then no metal theme on this whatsoever. Steampunk, it looks like it's, to me. It's, yep. It's, yeah. Look at the artwork. Really it's, good, it, nice artwork. The artwork and, is like a guy on a, um, like a big tricycle. No, well, thing. it's the old style bicycle where the front wheel's bigger and the back is smaller. It's kind of in purple and in gray and real steampunk looking. It's black as Rob Halford's leather jacket. <laughs> oh, you see how we can't get out of that right there. Everything comes back. There's a lot to explore in Britain, so you yeah. have that traditional stuff, but right side by side with. Really very modern. Yeah, how fun is this? Because when I started home brewing in the 90s, these were the very type of beers that I was trying to brew was the British style and some German ales because I had no no capability of lagering. Bucket and glass carboy (laughs) that I started with. I was all about just the imports that I had tried. You know, the world of beers down there at Bernie's Distillery really exposed you to 100 beers, probably 70 of which you wish you had never drank because... (laughs) Who knows how long they had sat in there. Um, however, yeah, these were the beers that everybody was trying to brew, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. A lot so of fun. It's interesting that many parts of American craft brewing, not just home brewing, but all of the commercial brewers were emulating British, German mm-hmm. styles largely mm-hmm. initially and a little bit Belgium. And now it's kind of come full circle where now there's breweries in Britain who are like, oh, we want to be like these American breweries. Yeah. That's neat, I think. I think if you're making beer, it's fun. As long as it's good beer, it's just fun to experiment around and try different things. You're definitely in a great position for that right now to experience a lot of I'm classic my, styles. I am doing everything I can to experience, <laughs> experience the, 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 full, the full spectrum of it. That's right. Well, cool, Pat. You know, thanks for coming back for the weekend. We miss you, buddy. Hey. Pat, Pat <laughs> needed so a good. vacation from his vacation. I just keep saying it. It is well. It is so good to be back. And so I'm really, really happy to be back. I know, Mark, you're going to come visit me, Hans. You, you should come over. You know, I've never been. That's a great offer. Look at that. Come on over. That's a great and, offer. Uh, this could start to turn into a party. Let's invite more. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anybody else? Just shoot, shoot me a message. I'm happy to be your yeah. tour guide. Well, hey, cheers, buddy. All right, cheers. cheers.